Escape Pod 281 February 24, 2011 The Notebook of My Favorite Skin Trees by Alex Daly McFarlane Hello and welcome to Escape Pod, your weekly science fiction podcast. I'm Norm Sherman. Where I'm originally from, in South Georgia, when things start warming up a little, you start to see massive stretching swaths of a particular invasive vine covering all the other vegetation along the roadsides as you drive down the highway. It's called kudzu, originally brought over from Japan in the late 1800s. It's earned the nickname, The Vine That Ate the South, because it literally did. And it still does. Kudzu grows up to a foot a day and has been spreading at the rate of 150,000 acres a year. So all you northern aggressors out there can just stop your snickering, because the mile-a-minute vine is coming up to eat your little latte-drinking, socially-minded fan is next. Let's hope it chokes and dies on New Jersey. So, what's my point? Last week we heard a story having to do with horizontal evolution, cooperative relationships rather than combative ones. This week we take a look at competition and being out-competed. And also plant sex. Hot, steamy plant sex. But I'll leave that alone for now. It's only a matter of time before Kudzu gets its act together and figures out how to totally take over. When on that ill-fated day in the future, you plop down on your couch with a bag of pretzels to watch the Super Bowl and find yourself dumbfounded, staring at the screen in utter amazement, both at the fact that the Detroit Lions are playing and also because over and over during breaks, the exact same coiling and climbing commercial... For kudzu. What are ads, if not spores, blowing in the wind, growing on billboards? The world is full of weeds that won't go away. Some have even adapted to be able to grow in Jersey. It's true. And we may never find a way to stop or control snooky grass, but at least we can sometimes punch it in the face. This week we bring you The Notebook of My Favorite Skin Trees by Alex Daly McFarlane. Alex's work has appeared in Clark's World, Fantasy Magazine, Electric Velocipede, and the 2010 Reisling Award Anthology. This particular story was published online in Daybreak Magazine last March. The story is read to you by Pamela Quivillan. So sit back on your glow-in-the-dark temporary ridges and listen up, because it's story time. The Notebook of My Favorite Skin Trees by Alex Dolly McFarlane Banana the best part of these are the fruits, growing on their fat stem, dangling down the person's back or from their arm. I always bow and smile, asking, Can I taste one of your fruits? Bananas from a skin tree are so sweet. So sweet and so small, a single mouthful. I also enjoy the place where banana tree meets flesh. Roots curving over and into the person's limb, pressing my lips there, my tongue, and the small shade cast by the leaves. Kim Cook saw advertisements everywhere she looked in the walking street market, but only on the leaves of the skin trees. Names of shops and cafes and restaurants spelled out, Thai or English or other languages in the bright white veins. Aside from the occasional cry from stall owners or vendors, I have the finest grilled bananas in Sheng Mei, come and taste. No other form of promotion cluttered the census. 
that it had always been the intent of the skin tree's engineers and earliest supporters. Kim Cook smiled often, seeing the remains of the once garishly lit billboards or walls that several years earlier would have been covered in paper. No smiles on this night. She stopped every person with a skin tree in the walking street market to ask if they'd noticed strange discolorations on their leaves. There is a sickness, she said, putting urgency into the phrase she now knew in many languages, not just her native Vietnamese and second-tongue English. And it's important to collect samples and data. Into one of the notebooks carried under her arm, she noted the age and ethnicity of the person, the age and species of their tree, the company its leaves advertised, this for those whose trees remained healthy. In a second notebook, with frowning lizards on the spine, she noted the same information for those whose trees were not. There she added information about the duration of the discolorations, their color and spread. Samples went into a third notebook, with little clips to fasten two pages together and special paper to protect and preserve the leaves. The lizard-spined notebook was not as full as the first, Yet, late in the night, when vendors began packing up their wares, Kim Cook followed the shoppers returning to their homes. She drank from the large bottle of nutrient-filled water she always carried around. The durian tree growing on her left shoulder needed it. She passed a stall selling Buddha-shaped lanterns, a popular tourist item. Some still glowed yellowly and redly, and in their light she glanced at her durian. A brown circle, no greater in circumference than a joss stick, lay on the edge of one leaf. No, she cried out. The bright screen of her wrist computer did not contradict the Buddha lights. Banyan. The banyan's thick roots suggest a secret fluidity like wax, uncommon to plants frozen over Pitsami's shoulder, beginning where bone used to jut from her thin flesh, sliding down her shoulder blades, curling around her upper arm, carefully trained not to restrict movement, stretching across her collarbone and down her breastbone, down the neat lines of her ribs. They frame her right breast, I always think they will flow when Pitsami is alone, even though she tells me this isn't the case. The thick leaves advertise Shang Mei University. Veins curl in the letters in Thai and English, artificially white against dark green. Pitsami loves her university. The tangled trunks rise from her shoulder, as tall as her forehead. Aerial roots dangle from its branches, always reminding me of hair, sometimes tangling with Pitsami's hair. And there are my favorite part. I always tilt my head when I kiss Pitsami's lips, so the aerial roots brush my cheek. When I kiss the base of the tree, that special place where root is fixed to flesh, the aerial roots tangle in my hair. I considered years ago when no skin tree grew on me, acquiring a banyan. Perhaps it's retained its allure because I have to be with Pitsami or another of my girlfriends to enjoy it. A double pleasure, like spicy meat inside a rice ball.
I am worried, Pitsami, biological engineer at Shungmei University, said in English. Oh, don't say that. The previous night, Kim Cook had torn off the infected leaf and fastened it in her third notebook. She'd written in the lizard-spined one, summarizing this latest infection. By the light of the glowing Buddhas, she'd wiped the tears from her cheek and pretended this sickness was only a small thing, a two-hour stomach upset among the skin trees. The look on Pitsami's face when she took the leaf from Kim Cook's notebook ended that flimsy lie. They stood on the edge of Pitsami's lab where the Asian skin trees had been created. Behind them were rows of tables, glass equipment, remote-controlled machines that tended to the cultures and plants in secure and biohazard cabinets. One of Pitsami's colleagues sat at a table, inputting data to a computer. Graphs arced across its screen. Several specimens in the cabinets, skin trees grafted to synthetic limbs, bore the dark marks of the disease. It's beginning to spread very quickly, Pitsami said, and in many parts of the world. Orn is seeing them in Iceland now. Narrowly in Venice has begun a clinic and noticed a dramatic rise two days ago, partly due to people only just hearing about the clinic, only just getting concerned. But many were new. This afternoon, I V-chatted with one of the first cases in Australia. Half the leaves on his tree are brown and shriveling. I think the skin trees will die from this. Skin trees were not meant to do that before the person's death. Kim Cook played with the amulet on her throat, hating the nausea that wiggled in her belly like a troublesome naga. What more can I do to help? Keep collecting samples for me. Talk to some of the older cases in your notebook. Pitsami tangled her fingers in Kim Cook's. I know it will be hard, seeing their trees so ill, but I need to know if any of them have managed to slow down the illness's progression, or if any of them have got healthier. I'll still try various treatments. Inside the synthetic limbs float blood from infected people. Pitsami and the others had already learned that they battled a virus that passed fluidly from person to person by sweat and other excretions, flowing into the tree through its thin, nutrient-drinking veins. It was not like a fungus where removing the affected areas might save the rest of the plant. So far, it hadn't reacted to general or specific antivirals. Containment didn't work on something so eager to transfer in such a small quantity of fluid. Do you want some of my blood? Kim Cook asked, looking away from the ailing specimens. Maybe you'll find a cure with it. Such outright selfishness made her guilty, but she couldn't bear the thought of her dirty and withering. Maybe, just maybe, Pitsami would find a cure from one of the injections into her blood. And another sample always helped. Pitsami smiled. Of course I'll take some. After Kim Cook's blood filled a small container and Pitsami found some sugary biscuits, they kissed, banyan aerial roots brushed Kim Cook's ear, drawing a small sigh from her mouth. The banyan's leaves, speckled brown, rustled against her hair. Work hard and well, as always, Kim Cook murmured. I hope you find something useful, love. Dragon Fruit 
You have to be careful when kissing a dragon fruit skin tree. There are spiky parts, and they scratch like a lover's nails. The fruits are small and bright, and because of Bitsami's engineering, don't need their shells removed. My brief lover, Bersachim, let me run my fingers along the smooth part of the leaves. Let me kiss them before tugging my attention to her flesh. I never told her that I preferred the tree to her breasts. Five names from Kim Cook's Lizard Spined Notebook. Five conversations by virtual chat or in the city. None of them offered optimism like a red enveloped birthday gift. And in a neat row along the side of the tourist full Song Tiang of Ratamaka Street, she saw stickers for one of the newest skin whitening products. That, even more than the consistent reports of worsening browning skin trees, made her want to cry. Durian. Ho Chi Minh City, six years ago. The miniature durian tree grew from my left shoulder, its trunk straight and many branched, roots curling over and thinly into me. The fruits, blunted so they didn't cause injury, fell into my bra. Its leaves, dark, green, long, and wide as one finger joint of a child, advertised tan clothes, a growing chain of eco-friendly outfits. I walked back and forth in front of the billboards, the posters pinned on the sides of the road, on the sides of the motorbikes, the little stickers that piled onto the posts as thickly as the electricity cables above. I bared my shoulder, wearing clothes Tan made to fasten easily. I bared my tree. I made a tally who stared at the bright posters with cheerful, smiling faces in big letters, Vietnamese and English, and who stared at my durian. I presented my figures to many companies. I said, your flashing electric billboards soak up energy and no one wants them. No one likes them. But over a hundred people an hour, busy shoppers, vendors, schoolchildren, businessmen, and women stop and ask, what is Tan clothes? Tan asks his customers why they come to his shop. And most say, because that girl wears a strange tree on her shoulder. I don't have to be reprinted, lit up. I don't obstruct the beautiful parts of the city. All I must do is drink a lot of water, eat more food than usual with the right nutrients. But really, the plant is cleverer than a real one and can survive more difficulties. I can distribute seeds if more people want to advertise tan clothes. Not many companies like the thought of advertising spread by the customer's wants, advertising beyond their control after the original tree or two. Later, I bared my tree in vast protests across Southeast Asia, in Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi in Angkor Wat and Vietnam, in Bangkok and Chiang Mai and Shanghai and Hong Kong and Singapore and Manila. How did I afford all this, a fisherman's daughter with half an education? Tan made a lot of money because of me, because of the other women and men who took a tree onto their flesh and walked around my city with his name on their leaves. He believed in our advertising, the original investment in the technology, our nearest source, Shang Mei, Pizami's experimental work. 
where later came to love in more ways than appreciating just her vision, paid off more times than I can count. Our protests accused advertising of spreading too widely and wastefully. Soon, after my 25th birthday, the skin trees replaced light and paper in many countries around the world, if not through a government's law, then through public opinion and voting with their wallets. And then the sickness, two years later, rippling across skin trees of all types. And advertisements returning. The stickers of the song towel would be the first of many, vanguard to what Kim Cook and many others had campaigned against. I hate it, she told Pitsami over a quick dinner of seafood tom yam. The stickers were so ugly. I know, but smile a little, because Nora Lee has made a compound that slows the progression of the illness. I'm going to replicate it on the Asian trees, just in case it doesn't work on them, and see if I can make it work even better. Kim Cook clapped her hands, and while Pitsami pretended to bow for an audience, stole a big piece of squid from her bowl. It seemed likely that a big corporation had developed the sickness, wanting to return to advertising that it controlled. Pitsami and her colleagues agreed on this after examining the virus and finding it so very distinct. But no one had determined which one. Probably not the skin whitening company with the Songtao stickers. Who used those kinds of products in Canada where one of the first cases appeared? From what Pitsami had said, the virus appeared simultaneously in several locations around the world. A company with global interests then. There were too many of those to bother tracking them down when the skin trees needed a cure quicker than an explanation. Unless several companies were behind it, which widened the list of suspects because then they could be more local. Some of the businesses are suffering because they won't change their ways, Norley had said in VChat. I can imagine someone thinking, oh, let's kill the skin trees, as if this is some kind of backward step we need and want. Governments were beginning to acknowledge the illness and, in certain countries, direct funding to the various universities. At the end of the meal, Kim Cook noticed there were new spots on her durian's leaves. She left the leaves in place, not wanting to deprive the tree of the rest of those leaves' functionality, though she winced at glimpses of them. She knew that living with Pitsami and talking with many infected people had made catching the disease inevitable. Part of her had hoped for luck. Part of her had considered it worth the risk. Still, it hurt. A week passed. Leaves darkened. Pitsami's work left her stressed and tired. Kim Cook's questions in the streets left her unhappy and the lizard-spined book full of notes. Six days after the first brown spot on Kim Cook's durian, skin trees were announced dead in Canada and Bangkok. All the leaves shriveled and fallen off. Regardless of the species, skin trees were evergreen, and these dead trees no longer took in nutrients. That same day, Kim Cook saw ten more Song Tao with stickers on their sides.
She almost cried in the street among the vendors setting up their stalls for the night market. Lanterns, wooden carvings, amulets, t-shirts, fresh fruit in bright piles, and tuk-tuk drivers who called out for custom. It will not fall apart, she whispered in Vietnamese, strange sounds to all the passers-by. Pitsami and the others will find a cure. It will not fall apart. How could she, only an assistant and lover to Pitsami, a Vietnamese girl in a foreign country, keep that promise? She tried to spread optimism telling other skin tree wearers that the biological engineers worked hard across the world. The progress was already being made. Braiding song towel drivers for giving in to greedy, opportunistic companies, though she understood why they let the companies give them money to bear ads and pulling down posters appearing on walls and poles. To cheer herself, to refill her strength, she spent a lot of time at her favorite temple in Thailand, Wat Dao Satep, with its gold chedi, golden roof, golden bells dangling from the roof's edge, and the smell of joss sticks, of lotus petals beneath her nose, and the calm golden gaze of Buddha, and she visited one of her girlfriends. Jasmine. Oh, the smell! It curls around Mikala's legs, rooted in her right foot, tendrils brushing her hips. She works with wood. She built a wooden frame for her chair, so when she rolls around the street with jasmine against exquisitely carved teak, Kanara, Garuda, Galin, Gashari, and myriad other creatures, she looks like the flowering Himapan forest. She paints her nails gold like an offering, and she wears no perfume except the scent of her flowers. When I kiss her, lips to the immobile arch of her foot, her ankles, her calves, and thighs, and the place in between where she retains sensation, I am full of jasmine. It crowds around my nose, for, forgetting myself, kissing with my eyes closed. I swallow petals. I lick her foot, that special place where the plant passes through flesh, that thin line of scar tissue like an inlaid pearl border on a shutter. I open my eyes and look up through Jasmine to her smiling face. Kim Cook, Kim Cook, you're the only person I know who loves the skin trees so much, she often says, either in her faulty English or slowly for me in Thai. I got a skin tree because I believe in them, I tell her, but their sexiness was a good side bonus. I laugh too with joy, even touching my durian is fun sometimes, though another woman is better, especially someone as beautiful as Makala, or Pitsami, who is opposite in every way to Makala, small and slim with a face as delicately shaped as my statues of the Trung sisters, where Makala is large and soft with short hair that tickles her ears especially someone patient and attentive and skilled. 
lying together on her bed on yellow sheets with the carved headboard of a fish-tailed woman. We indulge in one another. I move where she asks me. I press my lips to her jasmine base, tracing the line of roots under her skin, under her soul. No inconvenience for a woman who never walks while she flicks her fingers inside me, one hand following the stem of the jasmine up her thighs. I return the touch, affection for affection. I close my eyes against the brown stains of the leaves, inhaling jasmine and getting lost in Macaulay's touch. The jasmine's bark under my lips, the smell, oh, that wonderful sweet smell of petals crushed between our skin. More trees died. More leaves developed brown spots on Kim Cook's durian. And on a hot, cloudy morning, she woke to find one fallen, utterly brown and lifeless on her pillow. Her tears splashed on it. Outside the window, two men pasted a big poster, billboard big, to a bare wall. Already, many people thought the skin trees a failed experiment in alternative advertising. Enforcers of the new law in Thailand cared less about the old forms. Real billboards, illuminated and animated, would follow. Go away, Kim Cook shouted through the mosquito netting. Over the honk of the tuk-tuk horns, not replaceable like the engines with a silent electric version, and the voice of the exuberant banana and pineapple seller, the men had no chance of hearing her. At least she'd used their language. She mailed some of her friends in Chiang Mai, the ones who'd introduced her to Pitsami a couple of years earlier and arranged a meeting. Seven of them mixed in age and gender, planning over spring rolls and chili rice and bamboo prawn soup. First, after the ordering of food, Kim Cook updated them on Pitsami's progress. Still no cure. The compound that slowed the virus's work helped them all, but couldn't be developed further, couldn't stop the skin tree's deaths. But we need to tell people that there'll be a cure sometime soon, and they shouldn't give up, she told the group. Nods like obedient elephants in a tourist show. Not many people want to get a skin tree now, one said. They see us with these dying things, so they settle for an animated tattoo or those glow-in-the-dark temporary ridges. In the shape of the temples of their white foreign skin, one said, giggling. Well, we need to point out that the virus isn't harming people, Kim Cook said. The word yet remained on her tongue, unused. No one knew if the virus would mutate, but the people whose skin trees died were completely healthy except for useless dead wood on a limb or shoulder. Maybe we can try and convince some friends or students. Some of them must be interested by death. <laughs> Laughter. Remarks that not everyone owned a strange preference like Kim Cook. She shrugged and said that no one would hurt from trying to persuade people. They talked of removing posters, refusing to ride in a song tower tuk-tuk with these adverts. 
though some of them hesitated at depriving such low-income people of custom. The grandfather in the group suggested that if people didn't want a skin tree right now, they could ink a tree and a favorite company's name onto their arms. Only temporary. Henna or pen for those who still used that implement. The Katawi Santada, man tall in glittery sandals and a pretty dress, offered to decorate the leaves in her plant shop with various good businesses' names. Kim Cook left the meeting with a smile, with ideas filling her like Macaulay's jasmine. Collecting more information from people in the city lowered her mood. Skin trees creeping closer to death, angry regrets at getting such a difficult-to-remove piece of body art, distress, fear, too many falling leaves, spreading hope, felt fake and impossible. But Kim Cook tried. Don't give up quite yet, she told a young man who waited for coffee in a new locally-run branch. The biological engineers were clever enough to develop the skin trees. They can fix them. To a woman, she suggested patience, as the skin tree on her upper arm only bore several discolorations. Later, she waited for Pitsami at a little metal table in the night market, morose, thinking of the durian's darkening leaves, imagining it dead and bare. Still no breakthrough, Pitsami said, collapsing into the chair with a sigh. Immune systems still don't recognize the virus as an enemy. Our antiviral compounds aren't doing enough. In unison, they sipped from cups of ice drink, kiwi, and watermelon. Can you make the virus different? Kim Cook said. So the immune system goes, hey there, I kill you now. Pitsami stared at her through a translucent base of her cup. We haven't tried that, she said, putting it down. It's a pretty complicated virus, but, well, we haven't tried, so we don't know. She grabbed Kim Cook's hands, kissing them fiercely. Fisherman's daughter saves the world, or, well, the skin trees, maybe. I want to go back to work. You can go if you want. Emotions tangled in Kim Cook. Excitement, hope, desire for a cure, desire for Pitsami at her side, strolling by the stalls, in bed. No, no, I've had a long day. I won't be able to work, she laughed. I'm not a student anymore. You'll be thinking of it all evening, Kim Cook fake whined, instead of me. I can think of both, you know. When they leaned upright against the cushions on their specially designed bed, legs locked in a two-way dildo inside them both, gasping into each other's trees, Kim Cook's thoughts were equally shared between pleasure and possibility. Rambutan This tree's trunk grows clear of branches, at least when carefully groomed like sonatas. And then, for its upper half, it has a great bush of leaves, thin branches, and hairy little fruits, red when ripe. I love those fruits. So funny looking in a market. So funny when the little skin tree ones, as small as the O on the dong coins I still have from home, tangle in my hair after sex with Sonata. I kiss the bare trunk, and she flicks the branches, laughing as the fruits fall. 
Kim Cook lay on the floor of the apartment, watching a protest in London on her wrist computer's projected screen. Many of the men and women in the small crowd bore skin trees, and none of them were healthy. Their signs and shouts demanded more funding for Imperial College and Edinburgh University's biological engineering departments. We have this fantastic way of advertising that's utterly driven by consumer choice, and the government says they support us, said the leader into his microphone. A row of tiny holly trees, only two centimeters high, grew on his left cheekbone, obscuring a useless eye. The other, bright blue, flitted constantly as he made eye contact across the crowd. We need that support now. Cheers and more shouts and waving of banners. Shang Mei University had good funding from a series of Asian companies, so Pitsami needed no one in the streets of Shang Mei or Bangkok to help her. Assistance came from a colleague who specialized in virology, her pair of doctoral students and other graduates, eager to contribute, and from Kim Cook, who collected samples and information in Shang Mei and several people in Bangkok doing the same. We think we can re-engineer the virus to be recognized, Pitsami said one evening when Kim Cook waited by the square canal with two dead durian leaves in her hands. It's slow work, though. Pitsami's banyan looked even worse. How slow, Kim Cook said quietly. Are you going to be able to do it before our trees die? Yours? Probably. I'll give you a cure as soon as it's ready, before we mass produce. Mine? Pitsami shrugged. The gesture made four leaves fall in the aerial roots wave. I will not be as sad as you, but removing one as established as this will be difficult. Then she sighed. You remember how Orrin and I were developing ways to make them more easy to remove so people aren't put off by their permanence like old tattoos? I wish we were doing that again. It was fun. Kim Cook held her hand, tugging her along the canal side. Once a wall had stood there and around the old Shang Mei. You must be enjoying the challenge of this. Yes, of course, but it's stressful too. Hmm. They reached the southeast corner where a bit of reconstructed wall stood, a reminder of the past in dark brick. Further along, they passed a spirit house nested in a full-size banyan. The little house, bright as a temple, was covered in garlands and offerings. Pitsama laughed, pointing to bright pink carved animals on the spirit house's veranda. I like the spirit's taste. At a roadside vendor, they bought grilled meatballs and ambled away from the canal. It also makes me angry, Pitsama said, that someone decided they hated the skin tree so much they had to kill them all. But I suppose I shouldn't be shocked that plenty of people still don't care about killing plants. You should be upset, though. Caring is good. Kim Cook looked up at the nearby buildings. A lot of ugly concrete, but covered in balcony gardens, green roofs, vines on recycled metal trellises. Along the street, bins were clearly labeled for glass bottles, fiber bag juice containers, paper waste, food waste. Vendors had recently started selling some of their meals in banana leaf instead of less natural packaging. 
Tourists liked the novelty, and locals appreciated the reduction in waste. People are protesting in London, she said, about skin trees. Not a vast urban greening project, not reforestation or renewable energy, but our skin trees that provide better advertising. Be angry, but also be happy. She tugged a garish message salon poster from a wall and dumped it in the paper bin. So hurry up and cure the virus. Show people they can't just get rid of a good thing. I'm working on it. Arms linked, smiling, they walked on. Phoenix Tale The only man I ever wanted to take back to my apartment had a phoenix tail tree growing from his forearm. Its flowers as vibrantly red as the ones growing near my school. I never got to ask why he put it in such an inconvenient place. In a temple in Ho Chi Minh City, I saw him holding up his arm as if the tree was a lit candle. And when he walked past, I realized that the curving roots and trunk formed a tiny basin full of rainwater. I wanted to drink from it. Posters covered the city like the disease on the skin tree's leaves, multiplying and ruining. Kim Cook woke several mornings with dead leaves on her arm. On another afternoon with her friends, ice drinks along the side of the Ping River. She realized that the lychee on Sonata's brother was dead. She tried not to stare. She tried not to cry, especially later when she and Sonata embraced in their... Leaves fluttered brown and dry around them. Sometimes she saw new skin trees on students' bodies and barely restrained herself from dancing across the street to them. Sometimes she saw people removing advertisements from walls. Then she turned, glimpsed her own dying durian or another person's brown wilting leaves, and the joy left her like a balloon floating into the sky. Afraid of the skin trees disappearing from the city, from her memory, she had bought a notebook with bright yellow flowers on its cover and for several weeks had been writing lists and descriptions of her favorite skin trees. So when Pitsami finally mailed her with the precious words, I think we've got something. Come to the lab. Kim Cook almost ran out of a meeting with the tongue clothes manager, who finally had some hours to give her in the Shung Mai branch. She hailed a tuk-tuk, not caring that it had stickers for Google's new wrist computer on its front, and willed it to go faster, faster through the traffic to the university. She ran through the building and to the biological engineering department, moving her pass at the scanners until she more calmly entered Pitsami's lab. Three students worked at the cabinets, manipulating injections into synthetic limbs or petri dishes, and another worked at the computer. Coffee cans were piled in at chetty shape. Pitsami greeted Kim Cook with a weary hug, and more leaves fell around them. Look, follow me, she said, taking Kim Cook's hand and leading her to one of the cabinets where a man with purple hair sat. These synthetic limbs are free of infection, totally free. And look at the tree. They hasn't got worse in three days. That's long enough to convince me. We need to do more tests. I've got this lot putting my re-engineered virus into the samples. Soon we'll know for sure. But you can have it now if you want. 
Kim Cook stared at the little mango with brown speckled leaves, knowing that gradually the tree would replace them with new, healthy ones. Yes, now! The needle barely hurt. As she held a small tissue over her arm, she imagined the chemicals running through her body, changing the virus, making her immune system notice an intruder, attack, kill. You've taken it too, haven't you? Yes, of course. Pitsami's tree looked nearly dead. But you have to remember that the trees are hurt by all the leaves getting sick. Some of them might not recover. Yours should. There's a lot of green left. Mine? I don't know. I hope yours is strong enough, Kim Cook said, hugging her again. And thank you, thank you. After leaving the university, she started a new notebook, fish-spined in bright blue. She wrote her name, the day of her injection, the duration of the illness beforehand. Pitsami messaged other friends, asking if they wanted to surreptitiously take the drug before its proper approval, and Kim Cook wrote their names and information too. Several days later, official test subjects were brought in. Pitsami recorded their data. When the first batches of the formal drug were circulated in Chiang Mai and other parts of northern Thailand, Kim Cook wrote in the notebook, A hundred more doses shipped out today. Another hundred to Shang Rei, fifty to the surrounding towns. Skin trees continued to die if the drug didn't reach the person in time, but many survived. Slowly, the demand for new skin trees grew. Paper advertisements peeled from the walls in the rain or from determined fingers. No billboards marred Chiang Mai again. Sometimes Kim Cook thought, how much of this is because I didn't let people dismiss the skin trees too quickly? No answer could be taken from the following months. But she was pleased by her determination, by her contribution, however small. Kim Cook burned all her notebooks except the fish-spined one in an offering of thanks after Pitsami copied the data. Vanda Corelli Orchid This is the new skin tree, skin plant, really, on Pitsami's shoulder. Its roots curl around the stump of her banyan. Its broad, smooth, curving leaves cast a shade on the old banyan roots that still lie on Pitsami's skin like frozen wax. I miss the aerial roots. I miss a whole tree to press my lips against. But I adore the curly roots. I adore the thin stem that I must be gentle with. I adore the famous blue flowers, wrapping my tongue around the roots and feeling the gentle brush of petals against my hair. I learn new ways to love Pitsami's shoulder. Wow, that was a weird one, huh? Just when you thought every idea has been done before, somebody eats a banana growing from their girlfriend. So let's hit some story feedback now with everyone's favorite assistant regional manager, Bill Peters. Take it away, Bill. Hello, faithful listeners. I'm here with feedback for episode 273, Deaths End to Middleton, by Natanya Barron 
and read by Jason Adams, who is, from all appearances, a great fan of the cephalopods. The story is about some sisters in late 1800s Arizona facing creatures of extra-normal origins. Barron said that she wanted to write a story with lots of explosions that didn't end up with everyone dying, because honestly, I write too many stories that end in death. So it's surprisingly lighthearted in, in spite of its rather curious setup. Which many commenters agreed with on the forums, though many also said it was so lighthearted as to lack substance. A. James said, If I've told the townspeople once, I've told them a thousand times. Do not make jewelry out of alien space eggs. No matter how pretty they are, if you do, you'll not only hurt yourself, but you'll end up beating your kids and spouse to boot. But do they ever listen? No. Every time it's the same. With those tentacles coming out of poor Miss So-and-So's chest, and some kid finally running away to find these orphan sisters, with their long skirts, tanks, and dirigibles, just put all sorts of ideas into a young, innocent boy's mind. Now how is he supposed to settle down to a respectable job in the city without running after those women to join them in their never-ending quest to kick alien butt? Kibitzer said that the story was enjoyable. However, a lot of it struck me as a plain silly. I know it's just a story, but A, if all these sisters are so all-out steampunk clever, how come the kids never heard of them before? B, the barn containing a full complement of steampunk paraphernalia was way too convenient. Tanks, aircraft, thousands of guns and parts? Nope. And C, seven sisters ranging from 13 to however old Elizabeth was, plus at least two dead sons. Daddy wasn't just a drunkard. He was a randy old bugger. And tune in next week for the feedback from the parable of Dr. Mechanic's Dirigible of the Book of Doctro. Er, no, wait, that wasn't it. Um, Escape Pod 274, Angry Rose's Lament. Thanks, Bill. All right, folks, that's our show. Remember, Escape Pod's a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is produced with a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license, which means don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. We rely on your donations to pay authors for their work, so consider helping us out if you enjoy the show and have the means through the donation options off of our website, escapepod.org. We really appreciate it. Our theme music is used with the permission of Daikaiju. Check them out at daikaiju.org. And our closing quotation comes from Bill Cosby, who said... Advertising is the most fun you can have with your clothes on. <laughs>